Episode 18 of Honestly Unbalanced, and we're chatting to one of the nicest guys that I've ever met, Mathieu Baudouin. Mathieu was born and raised in Paris and discovered yoga while he was singing and acting in the Broadway musical The Lion King, which everyone loves. Uh, he uh, performed in different shows in many languages, lots of countries, and yoga became a way to actually root down, express himself, and balance his life. So after this musical career, Mathieu ended up travelling all over the world, learning from teachers of styles from Dharma Mitra, Ashtanga, Vinyatha, and now Mathieu is a wonderful teacher and a teacher trainer, uh, leading his teacher trainings all over the world. I met him again in Sri Lanka at some point. Uh, Matthew's classes are fun, profound, challenging, and they also allow students to experience a feeling of unity that brings in some lightness, awareness, and clarity to their life. Uh, you will enjoy this chat, I'm sure. We enjoyed it, and we feel that we could have chatted for hours. Matthew, I actually first met in a changing room in a London studio after a class, and just had this feeling that he was a really wonderful guy that I wanted to chat to more. I didn't think it would be via a podcast, but... So be it. Podcast, lockdown, enjoy our convo. Whether you're practicing from home at the moment or finally getting back to yoga studios, you could probably do with your own yoga mat. And the best ones I've encountered are the Lifeform yoga mats. Uh, with code AHUSTLER19, you get a discount, we get commission. Win-win. Have a peek. That's a Lifeform yoga mat. Honestly unbalanced. Like, you're currently in Michigan. I know you teach in Paris. I knew you when you were in London. And then when I was teaching in a random village in Sri Lanka, I met loads of people that were training with you saying, yeah, Matthew's just around the, down the road. <laughs> like, so, so you are in Michigan. Why are you in Michigan? <laughs> because my, my wife is from, is from Michigan. She's, uh, she's actually uh, from a little place in Michigan called Alma, and we end up living next door to it. Uh, so it's Mount Pleasant to have the baby. We actually came back to have the baby and we, we, got, we got stuck here. Why did, <laughs> did you come back, what, for citizenship reasons or just for like, for healthcare? No, just, uh, you, she wanted to have the baby here because of family and stuff like that. And we wanted to do a home birth, which is not possible to do in, uh, in France. You know, you have like, and also with the vaccines, you need to do all the vaccines right away. And they don't really give you the choice. Here you have a little more flexibility for that. For the healthcare, of course, like uh, nothing is paid for, but, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you can do a home birth. So we wanted to do it in the house. And we rented the house just for that, and we end up actually. Did you, oh, wow, did, did, you? did you tell them? Did you tell the landlord that this is what it's going to be used for? <laughs> Surprise! Well, actually, it's a you know it's a student house. This house, it's a, we we live in a neighborhood with with uh, like tons of students partying all the time. Uh, okay, so, that... so the house was not in a very good shape anyway. <laughs> and did it all go to plan? Did did you have it at home? No. No. <laughs> I know. Oh, no. What happened? We actually, uh, I was teaching in, uh, so we were, we were teaching, she was with me in, um, in Thailand. I mm. uh, was teaching a 300 hour and then uh, she uh, was supposed to come back. So she came back earlier and that was like kind of the beginning of the pandemic a little bit, like things were starting to happen around China. And when uh, she arrived here, she stayed for a few weeks and then I was supposed to join right after and what happened is that I almost got stuck I arrived oh, and God. the next day they closed everything and you know what the night I arrived here baby arrived <gasps> perfect oh, timing goosebumps. she arrived three and a half weeks in advance <gasps> it's, wow. it was like she felt me you know like she was <gasps> <laughs> oh my gosh that's incredible and then you just that's all got stuck crazy. together in the house with your two dogs and that's it. we were with we her fa father so we we're all together like oh. with the two dogs you know her father there's it's nice i mean like we've been having a great time yeah. in, this, in this house how is being a dad it's incredible oh. so like transforming 
you it's not something even you can like imagine you know like i i thought i because i i started to feel like i was uh getting closer to being a dad to becoming a dad <laughs> <laughs> but there is nothing you can imagine like that. It's uh, it's life changing, not changing because change is is not permanent. You know, it's really a transformation, and it's uh, and if you are addicted to the practice like I am, you know, it's uh, you're really going through a lot of stuff. But in a in all the ways, like uh, <laughs> there is so much things happening. Like you end up practicing at night because you're so addicted to the practice because the baby, you're mm-hmm. carrying baby all the time, but it makes you happy at the same time. You like, you feel your life will never be the same. You know, it's a lot going on. There's a lot going on in the brain. It's wonderful. I love it. <laughs> it's, it's a new, it's a new wow. part of the practice. It's a new stage. And did you ever think yeah. that you would... It's a real practice. <laughs> Yeah, I bet. Did you ever think that you would, like, did you always want children? Can I imagine, like, the life of a traveling yoga teacher? Like, you travel, I travel, but I go in and out a lot. Like, I'm back the next weekend, for instance. But you are, like, on the road for a long time. Like, I can imagine it's almost hard to, maybe hard for you to have envisaged a point where you would settle down and actually be a father. Like, did you, did you, or expect it, or did you think this is the right time for me? It's a good question, actually. When I f- I think about it, you know, I I knew it would happen at some point, but I mean that way, like with this thing happening all over the world and <laughs> so sudden. I'm, you know, I'm ready for everything. I think it's uh, that's what the practice is for. You know, it's just like to make you ready for everything. And I have to say, when I started yoga, you know, I I didn't even know what yoga was. Like before, I was a musical artist. I I never wanted to become a musical artist. It just came to me. Like it seems like I'm just an instrument. I'm really like I really feel like this in my life. It's just like. I, I'm, I just end up here on this planet and there's a bunch of stuff happening to me. So I just open my arms and welcome them, you know? <laughs> what oh, can you do? <laughs> I, I love that. So I guess you're not a planner then. I used to be. Right. I used to be for like, uh, until I was like 21. Like, mm. So when I was in musical, uh, so before even like, because I, I was in musical when I was 21 in, in Lion King, but before that adventure, I was I was studying maths and chemistry. Oh wow! Uh, <laughs> I was, you know, I was taking a different path. I, I studied really like in the scientific. Uh, mm. I, I, I w- was in the scientific path, and and then, uh, I, yeah, I, I was really like planning. Everything was important, and tomorrow was so important, and I put I would put so much pressure on myself. And then I, I had this pattern of planning, planning, planning. But then many things happened to me every time and transformed my path, transformed my path. And at, at the beginning, I was disappointed, d- disappointing for me. But then at some point, I started to accept, you know. Mm. <laughs> what, made, what, what made you become open to it, do you think? So, I, so you were someone that knew exactly where you were going to go. You know, you maybe had a 10 or 20 year plan. <laughs> And what yeah. what made you not resistant to that? Because a lot of people would have just been like, "No, I need to stick to it." And I've got the I've got this what's it called? Got the mood board, not a mood a board, vision a board. vision board. Yeah, Holly's into them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so what made you let that. go and actually go with the flow? Well, it's just you know, like things never. Even when you have a vision board or when you write down like, "This is my vision. I want things to be like this." It, it always happened. If you really wish it, it always happened, but mm. it never happens the way you imagine yeah. it would happen. Mm. When, when, you know, it's supposed to. So, like, that's what happened to me. Like, I would I would really write every day, like, okay, this is what I want. Uh, you know, like, make uh, maybe, you know, the three Ps, you know, like the uh, possible, personal, like, uh, like when you plan everything, like, uh, you, you can create a lots of things in your mind but it never happens really the way we imagine it would so for me what you know like what made me let go is just that's that's kind of weird because it's just like i feel it's in my heart it's just Mm -hmm. like it's there you know um i remember when i was so when when i decided to take the path of yoga i remember being in my little room in paris it's six square meters it's very small Mm -hmm. and uh I had this little room under the roof in uh, in the north of Paris, 
and you know the toilet is there I was about to say the bathroom but it's the shower yeah. <laughs> you get in the shower oh, you know, you, okay. you oh. make yourself in, and, <laughs> and then next to it there is a kitchen on the other side there is the bed under the bed oh. you know there is the storage everything. <laughs> so like I was living in that and I remember reading that book The Alchemist oh, uh, that oh it's wonderful you know, yeah beautiful and very simple book mm. um and and in that book you know i remember when i read that book for me it was like a like a, a snap yeah. inside i was like oh wow i understand something is that is that if things are not going the way i imagined they would go um maybe maybe I, my plans are not so important maybe i just need to follow what i feel Mm. And and that was like uh, something very big for me. And it sounds a little cliche maybe, but I really believe a lot of people have trouble uh, following their dharma, following what they are really designed for. Mm. And for me at that moment, there's something that happened. I realized I need to follow my heart, whatever happened. And, and what happened is that when you start following the heart, a bunch of stuff and shit happens to you because like you actually did not listen for long Mm-hmm. enough you know and and so you have to unravel what has been like created so you created lots of like karma lots of like things and then you have to get yourself out of this and then once this happened you get harmoniously through life mm-hmm. and, and you just accept that's what happened i think for me and how, had you started on your yogi path when you read the alchemist or was that yet to come uh, so i was Already at that time, you know, I was already in uh, Lion King. I was playing uh, in Paris. Oh, wow, uh, yeah. I was I was playing the show. Uh, what were you? Like, what character? Uh, what character were you? Set the I scene. Was, <laughs> <laughs> I was actually played in London, you know, as well. Huh? So yeah. um, I was a cover Simba, and I was a swing. So the swing is in charge of like, he's like the fireman of the show. So you never know what you're going to play. And that's terrible because like when you're a perfectionist, you're doing your day and then uh, you receive a text message saying to you, tonight you'll be a bass. (laughs) Keeps it exciting, right? Okay, okay, I'm going to warm up my voice. (laughs) And and then the next day you receive a text message saying, tonight you're high tenor, tonight you're the the ass of the rhinoceros, the next day, tonight you're Simba. You know, sometimes you're in the back, sometimes you're in the front. It's like, it's very humbling because you you can never be really perfect because you're never really like... Uh, you you always have the feeling that you're never really ready mm. and so it's it's kind of challenging uh, but it's it was a good way as well a good school for me to to learn to be a little more humble yeah. but equally that sounds like it's a perfect practice for letting go i was just thinking that yeah like as in you just you you you, you never know what you're going to be every day you're yeah. just going to go with it and roll with it much like you have then as you said for the rest of your career and the rest of your life you you just have gone with it you've yeah. gone with whatever the universe yeah. as opposed to the director has told you to go for yeah, it's like that you know and and you you start to like at some point you just you just have no choice mm. you just you just gotta go on stage and do your thing and then your expectations about yourself they kind of lower down a little bit you have to be like just enough so nobody noticed that you're covered mm, <laughs> yeah. I... you know it's it's less about being the best it's more about Okay, let's do the job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just be competent. Be competent. So how yeah. did you... Uh, so I apologise if we're jumping too far ahead, Adam, because I know he likes to go do, go do things in a certain way, but where was the transition from the musical theatre to the yoga teacher then? Uh, it happened... Um, it happened when I was like 23, towards 24. So I started... So I started musical earlier, but but at 21, I was playing in Paris. Mm. And then I, what happened, you see, is that I was in a, in a relationship, love relationship with one of the girls in the show. Oh, is, is that a faux pas? Should you have done that? It was, it, <laughs> she was, she was, she was uh, one of the Nala in the show. I was one of the Oh singers. my God, so Simba and Nala, <laughs> the dream is real. So, yeah, that, you know, it sounded like... Uh, can you feel the love tonight? tonight? Da, 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 da. Adam, <laughs> back in vocals. <laughs> we've been, we've been, actually, Adam has been singing Disney nonstop the last week. I don't know what's going uh, on. Oh, I, that's nice. And I really love the new song. <laughs> this is a complete side, but the new Frozen. I'm really into the new Frozen. Come on, give us and a And they've got a, uh, do you know Panic at the Disco? 
They're no. like a band. Panic. It's like a band slash person. It's like got. He's got this very musical theatre voice, but he's not musical theatre. And he did a cover of it, and it's kind of like very like Adam Lambert Queen. Give and us, I'm just, I'm just, I'm in it. I'm in it. I'm loving it. I found my, I found my calling. <laughs> he's he's cl- cleaning the bathroom, singing. Well, no, let's let's right, go yeah, back let's to the story. Okay. You okay. being in a restaurant with your girlfriend singing from the music. <laughs> Can you feel the love tonight? <laughs> well, yeah. So it's like it was like that. Imagine every night. So I, we were living, playing together with the, and and I thought at that time, and I was very young. I mean, I was twenty-one. I thought, okay, I think I found the one. This, this is gonna be a. Uh, this is gonna be the beginning of a new journey. I, I can see it happen, stuff like that. And then, and then, no, <laughs> not happen, did not happen that way. You know, it's like, um, and 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 we split it. Like, I we were about to buy a place. We didn't buy the place. Uh, uh, and then, like, it was like kind of tragic, tragical for me. Like, you know, I was like. Uh, 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 kind of depressed after this and that's when i i i made my first steps you know uh, more and more into the yoga but it was bikram like a lot of people yeah. um, at the beginning and because it's so strong you know it's it's actually good if you're depressed because it's it helps you like come on stand up mm. like you know like stand your leg do mm. it like it's like there's n- there's no choice there mm-hmm. is no time for like uh becoming like sad about yourself mm-hmm. and actually i started to feel after like three years practicing that like a beast i was like a, really a beast into it that i was i was getting better and i was feeling like myself better and i remember i will remember all, all my life that one time i came out of the class i came out of the shower and then i looked at myself in the mirror and for the first time i, I realized like hey you're a pretty good person I myself, and for the first time i really felt that and i felt like that i had something like i was not just an average person i had something to share inside and mm. and that that was very strong i don't know why in that moment coming out of the shower i felt that <laughs> <laughs> were you naked checking, were you naked checking the yourself out there like yeah <laughs> yeah pretty nice <laughs> but but after this after this a lot of um, i got attracted to different styles of yoga i wanted to learn more so i actually moved to i moved to germany i didn't speak the language and uh and i just like um yeah, I end up like auditioning for those for those musicals in German, and I didn't speak German, but oh I just gosh. like uh, yeah, I pretended that I sp- that I spoke German. <laughs> How so did I you know, pretend? I, I had so this this uh, girlfriend at that time she was from Switzerland and she could speak German. So I asked her. I said to her, "Hey, there's one thing you can do for me: <laughs> <laughs> record that text, like put the intention, everything. Just record that text and send it to me." So she recorded the text of um, the, the what I had to play in German, and then she recorded the the song uh, as well in German, just the just the lyrics. And then after that, I learned by hearing. And then I went to the audition and I pretended I I could speak German. <laughs> Did they not and, ask you like a question or anything? Can you just stood there silent, like you're like a miserable well, I, person? You know, I played with somebody, and I just—I I mean, the, the person was just saying the text, so I, I was—I would just like answer randomly, yeah. and I knew—I knew what what it meant. So I, I I played the situation, I did it like fully, and then at the end of the audition, they asked me, "But can you speak German?" And I <laughs> and I told them like, "Well, I can learn," <laughs> and and actually got the first part. Oh, and you they, got it. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was for a sister act, the musical oh, at that yeah. time in, in Germany, and and then I met Whoopi Goldberg. She came, <gasps> and like it wow. was incredible, like a time of my life. And I just, you know, I I just did like this show for like three years. Oh, amazing! Uh, in German, and then I learned the language, and I and I kept practicing yoga uh, through that time. So uh, then I was doing like. Bikram Ashtanga, you know, it was mm. beast, like Bikram, mm. <laughs> on fire. And then I went to London and I played Lion King there. Uh, but um, yeah, and, and in London, I went to all those different studios and started with other styles like Dharma. Like uh, uh, I, I remember taking classes, Ashtanga classes with Luis Vega uh, yeah. very early. The studio called Alchemy. 
uh, in Camden Town. Now, bur- was, now burnt down. Oh, did it burn down? Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. It's actually, yeah, it's not didn't, there didn't, anymore. Didn't turn to gold. That's ironic, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, all, all of that happened. But it's crazy, you know, because, like, really this journey, even I have to say, like, I mean, even Germany, like if somebody would have told me one day you will work in Germany, I would have not believed it because I, I, I didn't, I didn't originally like the language. I'm like, I was like, but when I was there, I was just like feeling I need, I need a job and the yoga and it was the Bikram at that time, the Ashtanga helped me so much, like be so strong in my, in my head. You know, I was like, I need a job. I was like a, a pit bull. Mm, I, yeah. I just need the job and and i got it i played like so many shows in german and yeah it, it's it was crazy why, very, why, very... why did you initially decide to go to germany so because i needed a job so i was still living in my very small uh room in in uh, paris and the show in france was going to an end uh and i didn't have money anymore i was um I was struggling in my in my head, but I was just I was just like yoga, 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 and and I was feeling like okay, I don't. There is no other musical I can play in France because I'm black, and um, Lion King is my my only opportunity. Really? really? Was that a big issue then for uh, you? I mean, like you know, it's there is a quota in every show of black people. So mm. you, if you want, if you want to get to play in a musical. Uh, they need to accept black people. So you, yeah. And also like sometimes I have to say the directors don't have so much imagination about mm-hmm. like putting people of colors in certain roles. Mm. Um, and so my dream was to actually play in the West End. It was to play in London. Yeah. Um, and I, I really wanted to play uh, Enjolras in Les Mis. Oh and, uh, is, that, is that the main, I've, I've never seen Les Mis. Is that it's the main brilliant. character? It's it's the character. He's he's just a revolutionary guy. That's he's, he's like holding the flag, and it's pretty powerful. And uh, but like some directors have trouble like being open about having a, a black guy doing mm. that. And I know in London somebody actually did it, and uh, one guy, one black guy did it, and and it was amazing. So it's so, changing. Things are changing in across Europe, or not really. Yeah, yeah. in uh, you know, I mean, in London there's. There's lots of openness about about some of those stuff, so uh, I think it's awesome. But I, around the world, it's still like a little slow. Yeah, I think I just, we just saw the the, the cast for Frozen. Frozen my obsession. Back to Frozen. Really mixed. Like I think it's really mixed, isn't it? The um, cast of Frozen. There's a black guy playing. What's his name? Oh, the oh reindeer God, guy. What's his name? The reindeer guy. Come on, Adam. You know the this. main. I don't know. Anyway, the main man. One of the main guys. He's got, he's, he's got the part, <laughs> the, main, <laughs> the main day guy. <laughs> and so Ger- Germany, what Germany was, you, you went to Germany because they had that musical, that particular musical. It had, uh, well, they had a lot to offer. They had, like, lots of people don't know, but actually Germany is uh, after, I mean, it's like there is Broadway uh, for the number of musicals. There is London after, after, after that with the West End. And then there is, there is Germany and Hamburg. Uh, for musicals and there are in all cities in Germany like big big musicals going on like Broadway musicals mm. oh, wow. so I didn't want to like keep going with really small production in France and struggle so I I thought okay I'm gonna I'm just gonna try wherever I can get a job I should go mm. and uh, and of course like Germany was was looking a lot for black people because they don't they didn't have too many <laughs> in musicals <laughs> So, um, especially black people that speak German. <laughs> so, <laughs> Enter you. <laughs> so, so, so apart from the Lion King, they didn't have like much, much other people. So for Sister Act, they were looking really for somebody that could be a really a, an actor and, and be funny as well. Because like, the part was kind of funny. I was playing a policeman who's in charge of the protection of uh the hero in the show, Dolores Van Cartier. Yeah. And, uh, and in the musical, they made it a funny character. He's, he's more like, if you know, like Steve Urkel, um, like uh, the, this guy that has the pan up to his shoulders, right. you know, almost like, okay. um, <laughs> so I was, I, I was playing this, this very funny policeman and it was super cool. Uh, but I also auditioned there for Tarzan. I auditioned for Lion King. Um, but basically if you, Honestly, if you're black, you always end up playing either either an animal or a plant. So, um, God. and that's that's kind of sad because it 
there are very great actors that are black and yeah, um, yeah I just I just think uh, I mean now things are changing a little bit but you know there is still space for improvement so <clears throat> yeah Ham- so, Hamilton, Hamilton has taken London by storm yeah, I don't know. I know yeah I think I mean I think in London there is there are lots of like castings that have been done with they they really like they opened up like even there was one black girl who was Elfaba in Wicked and I think that's that's awesome mm. uh, because because the the character has in fact just makeup all over her face and she's green. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. So so you know like it's it's that's it's not kind really of, that much of a step if that if it's painted green that's not <laughs> a step forward. Does that count? Yeah. Uh. It's kind of weird to not to not be open to that like you know they, i think lots of directors should have been open to that before but yeah it's and and i'm not saying we should take black people just because they're black we should really take them because of yeah, their talent, talent mm. of course um but like yeah i mean it was super intense like being even i have to say being the black quota in a show is super intense because mm. you you got to sing upside down you got to do all the crazy things all the parts that you're singing always up down up down low high low high mm. so it's very intense and for me i actually like by doing that for many years i broke my voice completely mm. doing that and i went on a tour in germany where um where i i i got a cold and um and uh, yeah i i just i kept singing cuz the production was pushing me to do it and um, yeah, I was coughing blood, and I, I, I oh gosh, doing. I took I took like cort- corticoids and uh, all those stuff, you know, to keep going. And I did I did a full tour. It was a big tour, best of musical gala, and I just like just kill my kill myself on that. Wow. And then when I did that, um, like it was very challenging because, as you know, you know, if you're an, a performer, you're you're a perfectionist, and if you sing by yourself, like solos in front of 8,000 people and you know you're broken, it's it's kind of hard. Mm. So in that time, that, that happened to me and I and it happened to me not only once because I was doing that that show. And after that show, a doctor told me after that, it's it's over. You won't sing anymore. It's, it's you're oh, at gosh. the end. <laughs> you burned yourself completely. So um, so all the yogas that I, that I tried here and there actually helped me a lot at that moment. And I decided to uh, to pose. I went to France in a, kind of a secluded area of France uh, with a teacher who trained Nathalie Dosset. She's a beautiful like opera singer, and uh, and I was doing his classes once a day. And the rest of the day, I would I would practice a breathing exercise and uh, backbends, and I combined them with some opera exercise. Mm. And after like a month. I went back on stage. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was crazy. I can imagine I can imagine that your show life was super like well, you said it was super intense. Um <laughs> and yet you were practicing Bikram and Ashtanga, which is super intense. So did, but did you still find your balance and your peace there? Or did you ever feel that it was too much? Well, you know, the Ashtanga Vinyasa practice was great because I had the practice to take away. But but then at that moment I really realized I I needed something else. So I I explored some other styles. I went to vinyasa, and I did teacher training at that moment. So I was like, what? I was yeah. It's there's so many things. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I should write a book about it because it's crazy. It's really crazy. Like everything. Uh, I went to Thailand to do my first 200 hour, and and that's when I lost completely my voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I decided to to do a teacher training. And, um, so you lost, you I, lost, you lost it again. So it came back for a while, and then it went again. So, um, so no, I. Uh, it's when I lost my voice completely that I decided to do my first two hundred hour. Mm. Okay. Yeah, and then and then I came back, and then I healed my voice using I my what I learned. But I did I did two two hundred hour in a row. It was the first one was in uh, Koh Phangan, and then the second one was in uh, Koh Samui. Um, and then after that, I, I started develop. I, as I was taking the training, I was like, "Oh, I can I can use backbends with breathing exercise, opera technique. This this should work." And then I I went to this place in France and I just stayed there and trained and trained. What trained was your, my, 
What was your motivation for doing these trainings? Was it just to learn more about the practice or at that point were you thinking about maybe career change or trying to teach yoga well, for money? I didn't want to teach yoga. I, I was just, um, that would be, I mean, that could have been a bonus. Like in my mind, it was like, oh, I mean, maybe it could be a bonus. But I just, in that time, I, I was very selfish. I was just like, I just want to, I just want to spend my money <laughs> in uh, in something that I feel is useful. Hmm. So I want to invest in myself. I, I don't have like much money on the side. I just have enough to pay that training. So I'm just going to do that. Hmm. And, um, and yeah, I, I started to understand that if I would invest in myself, um, it could not be bad for me. Hmm. You know, because sometimes we're like, we're shy to invest in ourselves. Like, I, I don't know for you guys, like before doing your first uh, trainings, if you, if you thought about that. But for me, I really, I was just like, I was kind of feeling guilty to spend money for myself. Mm. Like it was important for me to use money and like other people are doing. Hugh Jackman, I listened to a podcast with Hugh Jackman a few weeks ago. And yeah. he said his dad always said to him, if you have spare money and you don't know what to do, education, education just yeah. educate yourself, spend yeah. that money on educating yourself. Then another thought I had there is what you said is you said it was selfish. And actually, in many ways, it was anything but because yeah. you've then gone on to teach to so many people, people yeah. and teach so many people to be teachers. Yeah. It's kind of the <laughs> opposite of selfish. Yeah. because yeah, yeah, cool. a, a great yeah, A great cool. investment for the world. Yeah. Yeah, actually, you know, it's funny you said that because it, it reminds me of a of a day where I had a realization about all of that. Because I was, I have to say, I mean, um, I was really pissed at Disney because they <laughs> what? <laughs> because you know, like because because I I was I arrived when I was twenty one and I was like I had I was full of dreams and I I, I want I want I wanted to like do all those musicals and. I was happy to sing. I, I loved singing. And then I went to the point where I hated singing, where, mm. I, where I hated like this, like all those masks and all this makeup and all those, those stuff that are just like so much for money. Yeah. And so it, it made me, it made me very sad. I started to be, become very angry at them. And then when I actually started teaching uh, yoga, I was like, hey, this is actually beautiful because um, I remember learning about the meaning of karma and, and learning about, um, I was just like, well, these people, this, this uh, entertainment has, has a karma. And by actually sharing yoga, I'm changing their karma too. Oh, because lovely. their money is has actually been invested in me mm -hmm. so I can help people wake up. Yeah. Wow. I love that. So it's kind of cool. Like to think about that. I think a lot of people don't, don't really make the connection, but it's kind of cool to think about that. If you think about your old corporate job or whatever, like that you hate it so much. Now you can really like think like, thank you so much. You guys are amazing. You're doing fantastic work. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's because of you, with the, all those people are having great transformations in their life. This is but amazing. Then, but then it wow. also becomes circular because let's say then, okay, that money that Disney gave you, you spend it on training. You then train and teach hundreds or thousands of people across the world over time those people then change society society then forces disney to change with pressure and culture then disney changes and mm. in, in many ways whatever that might be and then it, it all just goes round and round circle doesn't it? of life <laughs> <laughs> so i just sort of jump in there with that what one voice. thank you <laughs> <laughs> and you you sing again now, right? Because I was just watching one of your videos on Instagram. You have a beautiful voice. So how how yeah. did you how did you heal it in the end then after losing it? So you know, I used so as I was saying, I used uh, I used the uh, backbends, breathing exercise, oh, yeah. and uh, and mantra. Mm. I really like uh, you know. It's funny because in English we say uh, chanting and singing. We we really make a difference between those two. But in French we don't. Uh, so everything is singing mm -hmm. and I really love that you guys have two different words for that because in fact 
when you sing, it's it's about a performance. It's about performing. Mm-hmm. It should be pretty. Um, it should be that way. It cannot be another way. It's like there is a lot of like rules about it. And yeah. when when it's about chanting, there is only one rule, and it's let it come from your heart. Oh, and yeah. when you do that, even if like it sounds. <laughs> who cares like just like scream it like just like just have fun yeah. so so i started using the mantras uh in my classes at the very beginning and then in my workshops and now actually in my trainings uh you know it's funny i taught my very first 200 hour on zoom like uh a few days mm. ago i finished and uh i didn't even know that would be possible i would do that one day i mean Again, it's another example that God laughs at our plan. He doesn't, he doesn't <laughs> care. So, so when when I did that, actually, it, it's always the highlight for the people. It's always the highlight. It just and and even through Zoom, it makes them cry. Even to, like I was like, Aww. it's it's insane. It's something you know I cannot explain. But I I just feel so much when I close my eyes and let the vibration be. You know, there is a loss, complete loss of identification. I just, mm. I just don't know what time is it. I can just stay. Mm. And yeah, th- this practice is, is so different than being on stage for those reasons. Mm. And in those moments, you know, the the voice, the voice just comes out. Mm. So, what is it you do? You do at the end of these trainings? You 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 chant or you you what do you, you chant or sing? What which one do? Like what uh, is it you do? We chant, we chant every day. We chant every day something. You know, like just just every day. Like I I do one mantra per day. Like I really have like I mean now it's been a while teaching the training, so I really have like uh, all trainings are different and stuff like that. But yeah, I I do one mantra a day. Well. Uh, we'll repeat it sometimes, stuff like that. So by the end of the training, they know it. And uh, lots of lots of uh, women's in my training last training were moms, mm. and I actually sent videos of of them singing, singing to, to the their baby. babies. Oh, yes. do you, do you do that with Luna? I actually do. Yeah, I do. Oh. Yeah, she loves Shiva Shambo. <gasps> I love. We love that. We one. love that one. Uh, Shiva, 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 <laughs> We did. We did. Um, we did a kitan course in in Berlin with Dave Stringer last year, and oh uh, my! And like you said, it was just there was nothing to it but singing and well chanting from the heart, and that was it the whole weekend, uh, and it was just transformative. Have you, have you come across Dave at all, Dave Stringer? So, uh, no. So I, Dave, uh, he's kind of for me like the Phil Collins. <laughs> of the Kirtan world like he's quite rocky Such a legend. like really wow. kind of lets it go like he's 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 relatively well known in the world in that world but he's like an agnostic mm. Kirtan singer or Kirtan wow. performer it's it's he's a it's a really cool guy but yeah if you want to be really like motivated by Kirtan <laughs> like listen to listen oh, to his yeah, stuff he gets like it he, he gets people wild yeah <laughs> that's cool yeah, that's really cool. really really cool yeah and i i I get what you meant when in when the voice just comes out. Like I'm not a singer. Like, I I don't identify in any way it was being musical or as a singer. So I did this track. Like when you know whenever I've been part of a, a kirtan and I can kind of when the teacher isn't egocentric because sometimes the teacher goes on riffs and I'm like you're dude, you're just like, showing off. Dude, like, calm well, down. I, I can't obviously I can't follow that. But when the te- <laughs> when the teacher is real like Dave, I can really lose myself. But then. You know, we were there for multiple days, you know, doing so much kirtan every day. And it was the first thing in many years that allowed me to switch off. Mm. It was the first thing in so many years that allowed me... Holly, our battery's going to die. Can you just turn the, <laughs> turn oh, yeah. the laptop on? Uh, oops. But yeah. it was the, uh, the first thing in so many years that allowed me to just switch off completely. And then I ended up on stage... Leading, leading a kid, a kid. oh my with god with like four or five people and i changed the octave or scale i went high you changed the octave i changed didn't the octave. even think about it i was so proud it was like mind-blown <laughs> and, and again i there was no shame in it there was no embarrassment i just you fucking just... loved it <laughs> <laughs> he did so good. You're better than me. Like, no, I just think it is such it is such a powerful thing. If you if you can be open to it, and someone leads it without ego, I think yeah. that's key. That the person leading holds it the space for is you. holding the space for everyone, and it isn't yeah. as you say, it isn't a performance. Mm. The person isn't doing it for an external observer. 
they're doing it because it's just coming out of them. Okay, question. Has that ever been a challenge for you? Have you ever just been like, I just want to burst out into song and start singing? Can you feel the love tonight? Like, or do you have to kind of rein it in and be like, no, I'm a channel of wisdom and love and truth. I will just chant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it, it feels like to me, it's just like, it's a sacred moment, you know? It's yeah. just like, it's uh, it's it's beautiful. We, we sit in a circle when, I mean, I remember like, even the last the last training uh, in person, like we sit in the circle and we people can lay down in the middle of the circle mm. if they wish. If they cannot sing and if they cannot chant anymore, they can they, they can just lay down and then receive the chant. And uh, and if they can keep going, they keep going. Uh, so I mean, we're going crazy. Like I'm I'm making voices here and there, but it's just like everybody's going for it. And that's that's what's most beautiful about it. Um, it's not even like possible to intellectualize it, you know. And mm. it's funny because some I mean, when I started chanting, I, I never done like a training like like you were talking about, or you know, I've I've never been to India. I mean, I'm I'm just like I just so those things just came to me naturally and mm. I just I heard it and I was like, oh, wow, that, that's, that's something I want to play. Mm. Yeah. I, I want to I sing, sing that. Oh, wow, this, what is happening? You know, <laughs> this yeah. is it. I don't even know what it means, but I don't care. This, this yeah. feels great. Yeah. And, then, and then after after I started to like look for, okay, I want to understand what does that mean? Like, why, why is this happening? And even like, if you know why, uh, what does that mean? You, you never exactly know what is happening. It's, uh, it's strong. I love it. Mm. I love that you said, oh, I've never, I've never been to India. Cause I think some people think, oh, you know, if, I've, if I'm a good, you good yoga teacher, I have to have gone to India and done all of that. And, you know, I'm, I've, yeah. I've felt like that before, but it doesn't belong to India, does it? That feeling or co- of connection or yoga, it's, it's there inside you. And if you've got it, then bring it to the world. Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's at, for a long time, I, I wanted to go to LA. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't want to go to India. I wanted to go to LA because I was watching those people. I was like, wow, wow, I want to learn to do that. So at the beginning, like the yoga was also like for me, uh, um, at the very beginning, like like many other people, it was very physical. So I was just attracted mm. to like understand how these people, like they, like, and some of the people I, re- I remember when I was in, in London, I was so fascinated by uh, Mark Khan. Uh, um, because he's, he's like, I remember him coming into the class and, and he's a little skinny, he had mm. the glasses. I was, and then suddenly he would get on his hands with the arms bent. And I was like, oh, what is that? <laughs> I want to do that, Lee. It's like, a, he's like a super, superhuman. I want to, I want to learn. And then, and then after that, I, I was, I started to get more into the, the other sides, into the breathing. Of course, it went pretty fast for me with the breathing because of the singing. Um, but like I never felt the call at, for India. Mm. I was just I just wanted to to learn from people that inspired me, mm. Mm. That. and that's what I did. You know, like after that, I went crazy on teacher training. Every time I would make money, I would put all the ma- the money I would make into investing into myself mm. more and more and more. Mm. Uh, you know, that's how I end up like doing like what 10, 10 teacher trainings. I just went all over the world to the people that inspired me and they were never in India. Mm. I had one teacher from India, his name is Ganesh Rao and he's a philosophy teacher and I met him in teacher trainings and I really enjoy learning from him. I learned a lot from him, but I, I, I feel today, it's not that it doesn't belong to, to this part of the world because of course it's coming from there. obviously, but I really believe it's actually coming from even further. You know, it's coming from the first person that asked herself, like, who am I? Yeah. That is the practice of yoga. That's the beginning, you know? So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? It's, so- it's, it's a practice of self-inquiry, isn't it? Ultimately, it's a, it's a practice of self-inquiry and there's multiple pathways for that. Mm. One yeah, pa- pa- so many people are yogis they don't even know yeah, yeah like all lot of the the hellenistic philosophers the stoics uh were yogis of course buddhism strong links to yoga you know to, to that yeah. philosophy and i'm sure there are so many cultures that i can't even speak about whether that be cultures the sami cultures in sweden or 
the lo- yeah. the local the uh, the people that were native to America. I'm sure they've got culture that asks similar questions, which of course in Just some ways is linked, is linked to a practice of yoga or is pa- is parallel to a practice of yoga. Mm. Yeah, and I mean of course, like okay, the the text and everything has been like okay, it's it's, it's coming from India, mm. but I really feel that yoga yoga is is evolution. Mm. It's it's not it's not stuck in the tradition mm-hmm. there is a tradition but from the tradition we we are taking it further and and it's not it's it's there's nothing you we can do about it it cannot stay the same like it's uh, that's why i like in the practice actually that's what i like to do is to mix really both together and i'm sure you guys that's that's what you're doing more and more it's everybody around the world like all teachers now are really blending yoga with as well other stuff like yeah. hatha yoga with like a little bit of movement understanding how the spine moves like i mean even if like even if we look at how the movement changed throughout the time like it, it was all straight line and then now because women's have been taking yoga um like taking over yoga it's all waves and mm. and uh, <laughs> beautiful articulations of the spine so it's a uh, yeah it we cannot even say anymore this waving motion is coming from india it's not anymore so the yeah. asana this part of the asana is not like today like if you think of wim Hof, what he's doing is pranayama but it's yeah. just an evolution of like what yeah. like what what it was so is it coming from him now is it coming from india we don't really know it, it, as you said i think evolution is the perfect term it evolves based on increased practice increased study and increased knowledge uh, and yeah. increased resources. And I think Kirtan's a perfect example. We all associate a harmonium with traditional Kirtan. The, the, the harmonium is a British instrument that was brought over <laughs> to teach to teach Christian hymns. <laughs> like it's not it's not an, an Indian instrument. And yet we're like, oh, that's a tradition. That's what we need to have if we're doing Kirtan. <laughs> and so, and that's what Dave Stringer talks about when he just plays his guitar <laughs> yeah, with Kirtan. It's like, well, <laughs> so what? Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. Let, I like guitar. Really. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk. Let's talk more about like how you actually like more like logistics. Like how you actually started teaching. Like how you ended up being a full-time teacher who's now teaching trainings around the world and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it's um, it's been a journey, but it's like, so what I love about the, you see what happened for me is that uh, life took me throughout all steps. I never like uh, jumped from one step to another step without getting through something. So, because mm-hmm. um, like some people just like do a training and then they, they, end up becoming like a superstar (laughs) yoga superstar so um um i mean for me it's like it's really i started with with a few classes when i was still uh, because after all my trainings i went back to musical just a little bit and after a year i was like okay i don't need that but like through that year i actually started teaching my colleagues and then i was flying to paris every monday which was monday was my day off so I would fly actually Sunday night or Monday morning, very early. I would teach a class in Paris and then go back to Germany. I did that wow. for like uh, many months. Oh so I was gosh. losing, of course, money doing that. But I didn't care because I just I just wanted to teach and I wanted to like um, uh, make a step in the in the teaching uh, teaching world. Uh, at that moment so that was that was the first steps for me and then after that I went back to Paris starting teaching a little more um, in the same studio and then some other studios asked me to teach um, because uh, because they heard about my classes and they liked my classes but at the very beginning when I asked to teach I didn't have any answer from anybody Mm. so it took me a little bit of time and then I started step by step to get into the teaching more Um, it's actually I really there's uh, I have a friend uh, her name is Sandra and she she uh, she didn't know me at that time but we had a conversation after class um, and uh, and she said to the owner of the studio uh, you should hire that guy to replace me uh, because, <laughs> he's he's a great he's a great teacher uh, so he could cover my classes more and and the the guy was like well. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And and then he gave me a chance and, and I started teaching more. And then what happened for me after 
is that I was teaching in, in a few studios and stuff like that. And I decided to teach uh, lots of donation classes uh, in one studio in Paris um, because I was feeling that there were lots of people that could not practice yoga because of the price, because Paris is a very expensive city. Mm. And so I decided to do an event like every every month and uh, sometimes every two months. And I would call it like power of unity or power of community. or um, and, uh, and I would get so many people more and more every time, every time, every time. And lots of people started to speak about my classes all over Paris because uh, I was teaching inversions and uh, not many teachers at that time were teaching inversions. So I created the first inversion class in Paris as well, in the same oh, really? studio. Yeah. yeah. And um, and yeah, and then after after that, I started teaching more workshops. And, and then I, I taught my first 30-hour intensive. Then, uh, then I taught a 50-hour, then a 100-hour, then a 200-hour. Um, yeah. It's cool. But that's, I think that's a perfect journey. One, one thing I noticed about the start of your journey is you'd actually observed how yoga could help you over a long period of time. Yeah. As in, it wasn't a case of you identified you wanted to be a teacher and did the training. You had practiced yeah. yoga, then yoga had helped you get through something. Maybe multiple things, I guess, in your life. Then you, yeah. then you did a training just because you wanted to learn more. which And then you kind of taught because you just wanted to share and that's i think that is the dream of what i want <laughs> that, that's what i would want from a yoga teacher i studied with a yoga teacher that didn't want to be a teacher but loved to yeah. practice and wanted to share the practice <laughs> yeah yeah when it comes to you it's uh it's easier i think you know yeah. and when you when you're trying to push things it's uh when it just comes to you you just end up with all those opportunities all the time everywhere and, and even in London, I mean, I, I worked in London, I lived in London um, for a year. And I remember like I, I teach at many different places too. It was, I, I didn't stay in London for too long, but uh, I was did- still in Lion King. I played a little bit and I was teaching on the side. It was, it was, uh, I, I taught at the Light Center. Oh yeah. At, uh, Union Station Yoga in Clapham. How did you um, find, how did you find London? I mean, London was a dream for me to to live at. Like it was a dream that I had for a long time. So when I got the job in Lion King uh, there, and then I thought, oh, maybe I can teach a little bit. I loved, um, yeah, I really loved the idea of like going to London. But I have to say when I moved there and I stayed there for a while, I loved teaching at Union Station Yoga. That was really my place. I could feel very good there. Mm. I loved taking classes, uh, but... I feel very honest with you. I feel like it's a it's a great place for a tourist, mm-hmm. but if you don't have too much money, it's like slavery there. <laughs> it's yeah, pretty it's expensive. Not it's not far. I mean, the amount you you pay and we, what you where you end up living. Yeah, we've saved so much. In, we've <coughs> yeah. saved so much in lockdown. My God, haven't we? Like we we you know we're thinking we've got a one bed flat in you know, a nice bit of North London, but we're thinking about yeah. moving out and buying like a three bed house with a garden. <laughs> you get so it much more. Better. It's, yeah. it's like Paris. I mean, Paris is also like crazy. You know, yeah, it's, really uh, expensive. Yeah, I feel that London is best. Of course, some people have no choice, but you know they have to stay there due to family or circumstance, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I think London generally attracts the people that have something in them that they just need to succeed. Very young, very young people that just they need to be the best at whatever it is they choose to do. It's always chasing. Yeah. There's isn't a lot it? of that, and they're chasing and chasing yeah. and pushing and trying to advance in social there, circles. You know, mm. and that I was, there, is, there is a little more as well in the. <clears throat> I have to say. Um, I mean, I don't know for you because you travel too, but, but I feel that in London, even in the in the yoga community, there's a little more uh, competition uh, mm. happening. There's so, uh, I think what you have in London is, of course, there's so many studios and every studio, of course, is running a teacher training because it's, it's a good way yeah. to make money. And there's lots of people who have been enchanted by Instagram and say, okay, well, that's a good career. Let me do that. That yeah, it looks yeah. nice. I can just... It, with two thousand pounds spent, I could have that lifestyle, which of course <laughs> isn't, isn't, isn't quite right. And, and I think, of course, with the studios, there's lots of competition within the studios, but you can find really lovely communities. Mm-hmm. Like I teach for Tri Yoga, oh, yeah. and like Tri Yoga has because it's so big, I guess 
part of it might be there's less community within individual classes but there is people that just want to learn and want to practice yoga because they love yoga yeah. it doesn't have the i'm going to yoga to be cool kind of vibe it's just people yeah. that just want to practice so there are these lovely communities out there mm. uh but there are lots of just gotta very, find them very it's very yeah. young I, mean, I, I i love the community i have to say for me like it's like people are really like um driven by by uh yeah success and by like um, like getting to their goals mm. and stuff like that. I remember taking that class at, at Triuga. was a very good class, actually, uh, with... Um, um, Adam Yeah, Eileen Gauthier. Oh, yes. But she's, I think, uh, got a musical theatre background or no, ballet background. Yeah, she's so She's awesome. got harsh quite strong she's, and actually she's french she's 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 french you know she's but she's so funny she's like she's she has humor that is a really sarcastic humor and i really love her humor mm. so i remember i remember going into that class and and um i love the people because they were so beautiful practitioner and, and very focused and we would get into that class but but nobody would like uh you know because like in france or uh, when I teach in Spain, everybody's like, hey, how are you? Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> everybody's very outgoing before the class. Yeah. And there's lots of noise and communication. But like when we would go, like I remember in the corridor to a class. Like, oh, yeah. No, no one talks to each other in London. Silence, no. Nobody talks. <laughs> and then everybody gets into the room and and then like we will get into this <laughs> one one arm uh one arm uh, headstand and then <laughs> a finger on the side and <laughs> and i remember she she would crack a joke sometimes and nobody would laugh but i would laugh so much <laughs> 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 but but there was really like so much like uh like determination which is great i think for evolution but it's it's sometimes Sometimes it needs a little bit of like this. So I feel for me, like when, when I was living there, I, I, I could feel that uh, in the musical world a lot. And in, um, in the yoga world, it was good for my concentration. But I, I discovered after that we could practice with a little more like, hey, a little more ease. Like, it's okay. More, playful. <laughs> more, play, more playfulness. I think more human. Yeah. I think it's not even just more playful. It's just more human. And being more open. human, more playful. Mm. Yeah, and I, th I, I think in that's what you get in a city like London, where it's so driven, but also really transient. People just come and go all the time. It's very that's hard true. to build community and friendship. And our last guest, Michael Wong, like that's what he's really trying to do is mm. help people find the kind of friendships that they would have in school. Yeah, not just I people see. you work with, and like just actually friendships with people you would never normally meet and hang out with. And I think yeah. that's something that. It makes me really want to sometimes just move to a small town and yeah. teach in a studio where I see the same students every week. Mm. And, and you get that a lot. Like when I've been in like teaching in Austria and you know, teaching in Switzerland, it's just really, it's, it's more community, community. focused mm. because I people agree. just go to their local studio and that's it. And that's yeah. where they practice. End of story. Yeah. Um, it creates something different. I agree. Yeah. It's uh but it's still beautiful. I'm like, I'm not, I'm, I, I enjoyed teaching there and I'm happy like if one day I go back to teach there, but it's just like, it's it's different vibe. I think in big cities, there is a different vibe anyway. So, so um, where's future so, for you then? The future? Yeah, for you. I have no, I have no idea. <laughs> You're just going with the flow. <laughs> you know, like for now we are here, but like, well, I mean, we'll see, like there is a crazy president here. I mean, it's a... Uh, <laughs> Hmm. Um, we, we, don't, we don't know what, what, what tomorrow is going to make yeah. <laughs> it's going to it's going to be like um i mean if if we can travel uh we'll we'll go back to europe um after a few months maybe like uh no i mean i have to stay here for at least like almost a year because i'm in the process of getting the the green card so i can stay um, it's kind of funny because like you cannot stay just like and, and um, apply for a visa. You have to apply for the green card. And yeah. if you get it, you can stay. If you get it, you don't get it. <laughs> you have to go never come back. It's super <laughs> intense. So, so, uh, so right now I'm in that process and we'll, we'll see what happened. But um, I mean, I had to stay because, because of the baby, because if I, if I leave the country, of course, um, I cannot come back. And in uh, my country is, has closed the, of course, Europe has closed their, their borders to uh, to America. So um, 
so yeah so it's a, it's a little complicated situation so we'll see what happens i have to say like some days i just go for walks and i and i'm i feel kind of weird because of just thinking about what what's what is the future going to be because i have no idea and i'm i'm looking at my my little daughter and i'm just thinking okay <laughs> i hope i hope uh, I hope it's going to be better. And uh, it's, I, I just feel things are going to change. I, I was actually, it's been, I have to say, it's been a few years. I'm telling students in my classes, in my trainings, that I, I feel something is about to happen. Yeah, a and shift. I, I just like, because I, I've been dreaming about, about something uh, many, 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 many times and just like, and it, it happened. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. Exciting things well, ahead. No one knows, do they? I no. think all we can do is the best. Do Take the next, the next best, best step. Adam bursts into Frozen That's too. That's another another song lyric from Frozen. Take the next best step. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that a good place to finish? No, let's do a little, little bit. Just two, let's do a little, tiny quick fire. We oh, always yeah, end on some fire. little quick fire questions. All right, go on then. Do you want to okay. start? Okay. Uh, do you have a mantra or a philosophy that you live by, or a quote? Um. Be now. Be here now. Perfect. Lovely. And then any any particular book you'd recommend? So uh, the, beyond The Alchemist, but it can be a Paolo Coelho book, something that you would recommend that's not necessarily on your teacher training manual, but something <laughs> yeah, so, but something else that you would recommend? Uh, I would recommend uh, to anybody that's not uh, vegan to like watch Game Changer. Okay, yeah. we've gone in that direction. Yeah. I've not seen that yet, actually. I've seen it. It's you good. Have. It is convincing in many that. ways. Second time it's I've simple. heard that it's this simple week. Simple and it's and it's accessible and it's not violent and okay. I was amazing. I was vegan for at least three weeks after it. Yeah, at least. No, no. <laughs> I try. We we. <laughs> The worst. We're vegan not that bad. Like we we eat fish. We eat fish uh, and a little bit of eggs. This is another another conversation. That's a whole another conversation. Time. Another, yeah, time. another conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, I have nothing like about about. Um, I mean, I I grew up eating you know so much meat, and I'm French, huh? so I grew up eating everything. But yeah. it's just horses? Like, did, did, did you eat your horse? Is horse a thing for you? Is that French? Um, I probably tried when I was uh, yeah, cheval, cheval. Is that a horse? Cheval. J'adore la cheval. Did I just say a sentence in French? Yeah. yeah J'adore la cheval. And Is then one, right? one more. One, okay, before we get to a French lesson, one, one final question. J'adore le petit What? Shut up. What? <laughs> a, fa- a final question. What? How? When you feel like out of centered when you feel kind of overwhelmed, is there anything, any little activity, you know, beyond let's say meditation or asana, is there any small thing that you do to help bring yourself back? I take a deep breath. That's it, just an inhale. So simple, I love that. I think that's a good place to leave it. Where, <laughs> where, where, where can we find you, all your information, your Instagram, your website? Uh, well, Instagram works, you know, like uh, my website is mathieuboldron.com. If you don't know how to write it, just like... We can find it. We'll find it. <laughs> take the, sec, the Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and if you see a guy that looks like me, you're on the right page. <laughs> We'll put it in the show notes. For and you're people. teaching. You're teaching. I'll do the. I'll do some marketing as well for you. You're teaching kind of online for Tint and Allo Moves, yeah. and yeah, you're, yeah. I guess, doing online trainings now as well. Yeah, at the moment I'm teaching online. Online, uh, two hundred hours. I have one in in French coming up in in uh, in August, and then in September one in English, uh, and it works beautifully. Actually, I did like uh, thirty three days of training uh, with my students for a 200 hour, five hours a day. There is one yin day. Um, mm. And uh, and I'm using this uh, gigantic TV. Oh, wow. wow. Okay, we're seeing a room size TV for those of you that yeah, can't see. I, I can see like my, my students super well. And I just like, I enjoyed so much doing that. I didn't know how it would work. And it's working amazingly. Like everybody cried at the end. Like we were, oh. we actually created we created, I have to say, even like almost more connection <laughs> than in normal training because like they have my WhatsApp number every day. They ask me questions whenever they want. Like it's, there is, it's really like, uh, 
it's it's very powerful mm. actually it it showed me that energy goes even through the computer it goes yeah. even even through like anything and if you're clear in what you're sharing and you know your your method and um if you know how to use zoom, zoom correctly yeah. <laughs> so you know how to make breakout rooms and stuff like that so they can practice teach and stuff like that by the end they they be, they became like incredible teachers and probably like even stronger teacher than in an in-person training because they have they don't have the choice they have to like be so precise with their cues mm. uh, that the person on the other side understand because it's it's very hard i mean it's it's probably harder to teach through zoom than teach in person um because you you really have to like uh be precise and and observe mm. so um so they get they got very strong in observing being precise and even at practicing since they have to be so independent um we break things every day like we do workshops every day i mean it's it's super powerful i think you've sold it you'll get some signups (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much it's been awesome we could have gone on for much much and the thing is it's like late now here it's 10 30 p.m but i would happily chat to you for another hour oh thank you (laughs) well whenever you want i'm happy to chat (laughs) honestly unbalanced